This is the Internet Multicasting Service. Harper Audio presents John Updike reading from his novel Couples in a recording made in 1969. In these excerpts, Pete is trying to balance conflicting relationships with his mistress Foxy and his wife Angela. This excerpt is rated PG-13. As in sleep, we need to dream. So while waking, we need to touch and talk, to be touched and talked to. Foxy? Yes, Pete? Their simple names had a magic, the magic of a caress that searches out the something monstrous and tender in the genitals of another. Do you think we're wrong? Wrong? The concept seemed to swim toward her out of another cosmos of consideration. I don't know. I don't think so. How good of you. Not to think so? Yes, 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 yes. Don't ever think so. Make it right for me. Hey, I dreamed about you last night. I never have before. It's funny the people you dream about. It's a club with the stupidest rules. I'm always dreaming about Freddie Thorne, and I can't stand him. What did I do in your dream? Was I erotic? Very chaste. It was in a department store with a huge skylight overhead. You were a sales girl. I stopped in front of your counter without knowing what I wanted. A sales girl, am I? She had this mode of contentious teasing to vent a touchy pride in what do you suppose I am selling. It wasn't that atmosphere at all. You were very prim and distant and noncommittal, the way you can be. Even though I couldn't say anything, you bent down behind the counter, out of sight, as if to find something, and I woke up with a killing erection. Sometimes insomniac that summer, Pete, lying in bed beside sleeping Angela, would lift his hand and study its shape stamped black on the window of light blue panes framed by cruciform mullions. His hand seemed one lifted out of the water in the instant before the final sinking. Angela's heedless, slow breathing seemed a tide on the skin of the depths to which he could sink. He missed the squeaking like glints of light of the hamster's wheel. He had been shy and circumspect with Foxy, a hired man in her house, and had not intended to desire her. But she had moved with him through the redesign of this old wreck outdoors to indoors, detail to detail, with a flirting, breezy eagerness that had oddly confounded him with the naked wood where she touched it. Here there could be shelves or cabinets. Don't you like open shelves better? Doors are so self-righteous that they stick or stop shutting. They make magnetic catches now that are pretty foolproof. Open shelves are a temptation. You have a cat, you're going to have children... You need spaces you can close. I have two old Finnish carpenters whose cabinets can be quite handsome. Did they come from Finland together? One end Finnish. Their names are Adams and Camo. And you want to make work for them. Pete was taken aback. This woman seemed, as she moved this way and that in her antique kitchen, in her tapping, billowing maternity smock, lighter than other women, quicker, and exploring him, as if he had appeared before her not as himself, but as another, whom she had once known well, and still directed some emotion toward. He told her guardedly, 
they care. I like them to do work for people who care. She turned and held up her arms to the view as if to an icon and turned again and said urgently, I want open shelves and open doorways and everything open to the sea and the sea air. I've lived my whole life in clever little rooms that were always saving space and swept from her narrow kitchen with her lemon-colored smock swinging coolly about her, the high, fair color of her face burning. Pete saw she was going to be trouble. Dear Pete, the tide is coming in high and so blue it seems ink. A little boy in a red shirt has been anchored in a rowboat off the island ever since my second cup of coffee. I've been thinking about us and there seems a lot to say until I sit down and try to write it. When we were together yesterday, I tried to explain about Ken and me and coming, but you chose to be haughty and hurt. My lover, don't be. How timid I feel writing that odd word, lover. And ridiculous, too. But you must have a name, and what else are you of mine? Ken is my husband. I love him as such. I feel right, is what I tried to say, making love to him. There is no barrier between us except boredom, which is not so serious, since life is such a daily thing anyway. With you, there are many barriers. My guilt, of course. A true shyness and fear of seeming inadequate compared with the other women you've had. Our fear of being discovered are sometimes, I suggest, needless impatience and hurry in you. Your annoying habit of mocking yourself and waiting to be contradicted. And even your extreme lovingness toward me, which I find sometimes dismaying, let me confess. To all this add the libidinous vagaries of the pregnant state. These barriers are piled high, so my not coming, dear Pete, does not mean I do not go high with you. I go very high. Do not ask me to say more. Do not ask me to deny my pledge to Ken, which I felt at the time and still feel is sacred above and beyond all discomfort and discontent, or try to compete. There is no competition. I do not understand why I have taken you into my life at this time of all times, but the place you occupy is one you have created, and you must not be insecure in it. I have brought this letter outside to the sun, me in my underwear, casually enough, since none of my bathing suits fit. I trust the plumbers not to suddenly arrive. The boy in red has gone away. I don't think he caught anything. Rereading this, it seems so poorly expressed, so self-protective and hedgy. I wonder if I will give it to you. You're sleepy but fond. Foxy. Undated and not always signed, Foxy's letters accumulated in the back of a Gallagher and Hanama office filing cabinet, under the carbon paper, where Gallagher would never look. They were of varying shapes and sizes, some consisted of as many as four sheets smoothly covered on both sides with a swift, upright script. Others, holding a few hurried words, were mere scraps passed wadded into Pete's hand at parties. Orderly, superstitious, Pete saved them all and fitfully read through them in the numb days following his night of dread. He read them as an insignificant person 
seeks himself in a fable whose hero is a remote ancestor. My lover, the whole house breathes of you, the smell of plain wood is you, and the salt wind is you, and the rumpled sheets whose scent is sweetest and subtlest of us is you. I have been all open windows and blowing curtains and blue view these last hours. So much yours I must write and tell you, though Ken is downstairs waiting to go to the little smith's. In a few minutes I will see you, but surrounded by others. Accept this kiss. This has been Harper Audio. Harper Collins is the copyright owner of this recording and has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kilohertz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright laws to copy these recordings in any other way. Harper Audio is a trademark of HarperCollins Publishers, Inc. To order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio is provided by HarperCollins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly & Associates. Network connectivity for the Internet Multicasting Service is provided by UUNet Technologies and MFS Datanet.